This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. We are 100 days away from the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, or Qatar if you prefer. Telemundo Deportes, the exclusive Spanish-language home of the FIFA World Cup in 2022, has announced an expanded lineup of experts joining its already tremendous commentary team as it kicks off the 100-day countdown to the start of this fabulous tournament this fall, airing live exclusively in Spanish on Telemundo, Universo, and Peacock. And the roster combines diverse soccer legends and experts who bring unique experiences from all facets of the game to complement Telemundo Deportes' renowned awarding commentary team. Coverage will be anchored by who else? My guest on Sports Jam today, he's a soccer Hall of Famer, football Hall of Famer, six-time Emmy Award winner, and chief commentator, Andres Cantor. legendary Andres Cantor, my guest here on Sports Jam. What an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Doug. It's a pleasure to be on. Soccer fans and even people who aren't necessarily hardcore fans, they know you because of your famous calls and the excitement and the passion you bring to this sport so much that people prefer listening to your Spanish broadcast than listening to them in English. Well, that's a, a great compliment. And I think Football fans around the world know that uh, football is just better in Espanol because, uh, you know, we have, a, I don't want to say we have a different feel for the game, but obviously for us, you know, soccer is so, so important in our day lives. And obviously the, the fans uh, get so much into it. I, I'm Again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm making a comparison, but every uh, Hispanic knows that the World Cup is, you know, the, the, the tournament they dream of and they wait for uh, every four years, more than the Champions League, more than the Premier League, more than obviously they have the allegiance to, to their clubs. But the, the national teams is, is everything to us. And, um, you know, we live soccer in a very passionate way. And, you know, my style of, of play-by-play is a reflection of that. You don't have to go too far in Newark to the Ironbound section where Portuguese fans are watching their team and World Cup action. And really, if you go to any sports bar now during the World Cup, people are glued to the television set. And many times they're listening to the legendary Andres Cantor, my guest here on Sports Jam. And of course, it's his famous goal call that he extends. And I know you've said that you didn't originate this and that most broadcasters had used that before, but you've been here in the U.S. since you were 15. You were born in, in Argentina. You're U.S. through and through now when it comes to, in fact, I've heard you say your two famous goal calls are from Americans, Landon Donovan and Carly Lloyd, correct? They, they are. They are. Um, Landon's goal against Algeria in South Africa that put the U.S., through to the next round uh, has to be one of the most memorable calls that was done on, on radio.
And so it had a different intonation, a different speed to the play-by-play -play than uh, perhaps Carly's goal that I called in Vancouver for the final of the World Cup. I mean, she scored from half field, uh, let alone that she's ended up scoring a hat-trick. And I always, and I, I've told her, regardless of gender, I don't care what everyone says, that is probably one of the greatest goals in World Cup history that has to be up there with uh, Diego Maradona's in 1986. So yes, definitely, uh, I've been a U.S. soccer diehard fan uh, from day one. I coined the phrase La Selección de Todos, which means everyone's national team in 1994 to identify the U.S. national team because I thought that uh, besides our countries of origins, we all uh, owe a great deal of debt to the country that has adopted us. And we are, many of us are already U.S. citizens. So that is everyone's national team. And it will forever be everyone's national team. And now if the U.S. gets to play Argentina, that's a different story. But it'll still be the U.S. Uh, will be everyone's national team. Is there a certain team that you feel is above the rest heading into this World Cup? Not by much, but Brazil is the you know eternal favorite. But they keep on adding talent on top of talent. If you see their roster in 2018, actually, if you see their roster in the first half of World Cup qualifying, Vinicius from Real Madrid, Rafinha now in Barcelona, formerly at Leeds, Weren't, weren't even in the picture. Uh, and now they're both standouts in their uh, club teams. And the reference, obviously, to Rafinha is uh, what he did in Leeds because the season is just starting in, in Spain. But obviously, he's so talented. Um, and so is Vinicius, so young, speedy. Uh, he, he has, you know, he can score goals. He can create opportunities. So Brazil, I think, has a, a small advantage over France, the defending champion, over Argentina, Germany, Spain, the, the usual suspects that compete for the World Cup every, every four years. Will the U.S. ever get to the level that the women have on the U.S. side? I think it's unfair to, come to, to point uh, the U.S. men's national team in the direction of the U.S. women's national team. They're obviously one of the best in the world. The women are. Um, but uh, perhaps the, you know, the, the level of play come the World Cup uh, is, is similar. But then World Cup qualifying is much more different uh, for the men's. Uh, so if they struggle in World Cup qualifying in CONCACAF, they don't get to be as brilliant as the women are who in World Cup qualifying in CONCACAF in the same region. They were not only undefeated, but they were they haven't they didn't receive the goal. So I think the U.S. can achieve uh, can, can do well in this World Cup. Um, they have you know a final to get to, which is the Wales game, their opening match. Depending on how they do in those first ninety minutes, uh, will dictate how they play against England and against Iran, which is the last uh, group match. So. Uh, I believe in this U in this U.S. team. It has a, a young, talented group of players that collectively can have a World Cup, a good World Cup. Speaking of talent, 
Andres Cantor is certainly such a talent behind the mic. The energy that you bring, I, I think it's fascinating when I hear you talk about Landon Donovan's goal because it came at the end of the match. You were basically almost out of breath because you were so tired of all the energy you had put into that game. Now you do two games a day. How do you make that happen? It's going to be interesting. Um, you know, the story is that in the first three World Cups that I broadcasted on television, I was the only play-by-play -play announcer way back in the day for Univision. Uh, so I had called uh, all 54 matches of the 64s that, that were played because eight are played simul simultaneously. How did I do it? Uh, I have no idea, honestly. I remember sometimes I had to dig deep um, to, you know, to find my rhythm, to find my voice. Um, but then I was uh, much younger also. Uh, now, uh, I think I'm not going to, you know, save energy. Uh, I think I, I have the, you know, the experience on, on how to manage my emotions. Certainly, the, the biggest part of all has to do with emotions. I can't let the emotions uh, kick in my or, or, or be in my system when I call two games a day, which are going to be obviously two very you know, good games. Like, you know, when I get to the USA-Wales uh, game, I'm going to have called Argentina before, Argentina-Saudi Arabia. So I'm going to be emotionally involved, technically, in, in both of them. But I have to detach from that because obviously that affects my, my strength, my vocal cords, uh, and I will do my best. But at, at the end of the day, I'm a human being and uh, I'm not sure especially in that second day with Argentina and the U.S., um, <laughs> it's, going to be, it's going to be tough. But it's going to be a, a very nice challenge for me, and, and it's, I'm just so looking forward to it. Oh, you'll do a fabulous job. We know that. Andres Cantor is the owner and main play-by-play -play announcer of Football de Primera, a radio network he owns, the Spanish-language radio rights of the FIFA World Cup since 2002. Telemundo's big play-by-play -play guy, but it was a phone call back many years ago. In fact, it was 1987 you received a phone call that changed your life forever. Can you take us back to that moment? Yes, definitely. Uh, I was like really, really thinking of, uh, since I love soccer so much and I, I couldn't find my way after having gone to journalism school at USC, I said, I don't have a future in soccer in this country. I mean, soccer was like pretty much non-existent back then uh, from, you know, a coverage uh, point of view, from a journalistic point of view. Um, there were so few outlets that covered uh, soccer way back in 1987 that I was really, really thinking about going back to Argentina. And then I got a phone call uh, from the person that ended up being my boss at SIN, that's what the network was called back then, and said, uh, we know about you, we saw you around because I was covering different sports for a publishing company in Argentina because I wanted to be a, a written journalist. I did not know that I was going to end up uh, working in, in radio and television. And he said, we have two games to record. We're going to give you an audition. So I did color commentary February of 1987 on the first game. He took me to lunch. 
and he said that he could tell that I knew a lot about soccer by my commentary, but, and after the but comma, I expected, I expected, thank you very much. Let's ask for the check, go back home. <laughs> you're it, you're, you're done. And he said, but we're looking for a play-by-play guy. Do you think you can do play-by-play in the second game that we're going to take? And I said, sure, why not? I was, uh, I believe I was 23 way back then. What's a 23-year-old going to say? I said, yes, of course. Uh, have you ever done play-by-play? No, I have not, never. So I did play-by-play in the second game. And um, the person that gave me my first full-time job liked it, I guess. And uh, here we are so many years later. So I'm ever grateful for that phone call and for Jorge Berry, who was my mentor and the person that called me and gave me the chance. We're grateful he made that phone call because you have changed this game for so many. And I've heard you say that journalists and broadcasters are really kind of frustrated athletes. Um, You see, I'm wearing hockey memorabilia here and uh, I can't skate where the lick, right? But I love the sport. (laughs) You and I are the same age, but I see that we also have something else in common. We love jerseys. You got a whole rack behind you. And in Uh honor of, of your soccer, I have all soccer jerseys behind me. What, what about this collection? Is there one special to you? I would think that you probably have one of Diego Maradona in there somewhere. It's not in, in this rack. I have uh, a closet full of jerseys nearby, but Diego's I have in my own closet. I don't know why I didn't frame it. Uh, I have Diego Maradona's jersey from the way when he played in Napoli. He played a friendly Los Angeles. Um, I became very good friends with him at, at the time. And he gave me that number 10 jersey that either it shrunk or I don't know how the heck it fit in because it's like this tiny nowadays. <laughs> uh, and it's thick. It's like wool type of material. That's the material that they used way back in, in those days. But uh, yeah, that, that is definitely the, the one that I cherish the most and that Obviously, I need to frame my own. Every week I see it and, you know, I say, you know, I, I, I give my pledge allegiance to, to Diego and uh, uh, I have to frame that. But that is the most valuable piece of memorabilia that I have. You got to get that framed right away. You know, for those who don't know who Diego Maradona is, Argentinian professional soccer player and manager widely regarded as one of the greatest players in the history, but I know he's your favorite and I know why. And I love the reason why, because he was physical. He was able to take shots and be able to continue on and score goals. And today's soccer is a little bit different as far as some of the superstars. It's much like hockey. When you think about hockey was much rougher back in the day, you had to be able to take great hits but that's what Diego's spice was for you, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Let alone that he uh, won the World Cup in 1986. And even though he wasn't at his best, uh, took us all the way to the final in 1990. And he represented the Argentinian soccer fan base so so well in the soccer pitch. Uh, he had uh, everything. I mean, he was, he for me, there is no no player like him, not yet. I haven't seen him. Messi has come close, but um, uh, for me, Diego was the greatest of all time. You're listening to Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. Diego Maradona died in November of 2020, 
and he will always hold a special place in the heart of my guest here on Sports Jam, Andres Cantor. When we compare the greats and then we start talking about MLS and other leagues other than the Premier League and things like that, let's, let's talk about MLS for just a moment. When you watch MLS, do you see that it's getting better and it's reaching a higher level of play through the years now? Uh, if we go back in years and just making the comparison to the level of play of MLS itself, yes, definitely. Uh, from 1996 to today, the league has grown so much, not only in the number of teams, obviously. Now we can pretty much uh, have like some type of connection uh, nationwide. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the the teams, we have teams in most of the major markets. We have marquee players that come and join uh, pretty much every single franchise. Um, the level of play has gotten better from the very early days of, of MLS. It's still, I believe, to compete with the best. But I don't think MLS wants to compete, perhaps, for broadcast purposes and, and, and TV rights purposes, you know, it, it, it will want to compete with, with the other major leagues. But uh, I still think that, you know, if the, the level of play in comparison to, to the Premier League, like you mentioned, um, is not there. But then the Premier League is probably one of the best leagues in the world. So I think it's a very entertaining league. The... Everything that surrounds every World Cup, uh, every uh, MLS game is, is superb. It's, it's a very nice experience. Most, almost 90% of the teams have soccer-specific stadiums. So the fan experience is it's not like you're going to you know, a neighbor that uh, a neighbor's home that you don't want to be in. Uh, you're going to your own, you know, to your own home. And uh, the fan experience is great. I think it's you know, anyone that has attended an MLS game. Has a, has, has a good time. So I think they made a, a, a lot, a lot of progress. And I think it's one of the top leagues in the world. Um, if you take in, com in consideration many of the factors, but because, you know, if, if your life is at risk by going to, you know, a Brazilian league game, uh, you could have a great matchup between Corinthians and Sao Paulo, let's say, which is the big, uh, Classico is like a, El Trafico in, in LA, right? Uh, but then you don't know if you're going to make it out alive of the stadium because the, the rivalry is so fierce, even though you might enjoy the talent that is out in the field. You know, the overall experience, what I'm trying to say, I'm, I, I'm overblowing, uh, you know, the, the, the circumstances, but the overall experience of attending an MLS game is, is so rich uh, here in the US, so, you know, diverse. You get to see different people from all over the world, uh, you know, the, the fandom, the, the TIFO, uh, the players, the, the atmosphere, the, the food, the, the, the very nice pitches that almost every stadium has. So I think all in all, MLS has done a, a terrific, terrific progress. Uh, and they keep doing it from year to year. As I listen to Andres Cantor, I get excited just hearing him talk, right? We're, we're so used to hearing <laughs> his, his call. And by the way, if you're ever in Frisco, Texas, the National Soccer Hall of Fame is located there in the south end of Toyota Stadium, the home of FC Dallas. And just in 2021, a well-earned honor 
the National Soccer Hall of Fame class inductee, Andres Cantor. What was that like for you to make it into the Hall of Fame after someone who was covering Muhammad Ali fights, Sugar Ray Leonard fights, wanted to be a, a, a journalist, not a broadcaster, and now you're, if not the most famous, one of the most famous broadcasters that ever went behind a mic. Well, it was uh, certainly a, a day that will live forever uh, in my heart and my family's heart. Um, you know, I, I, I've been lucky, Doug, to, you know, win six Emmy Awards. And that is just, uh, you know, an award uh, that, you know, is, is just on, on a shelf. Um, just having my name in the National Soccer Hall of Fame, as they call it, Joseph. Uh, media award winner and, and inductee of, of 2021 just to think that my name will live forever in that building uh, for you know my I was lucky my children were there but for my grandchildren and perhaps you know their their children if they happen to like soccer and they want to go by and see who who I was uh, you know they'll they'll be able to to see my name there and and for you know, the many generations of soccer fans that have been so kind to, to me throughout my career, just to go in there and see my name is just, I have uh, no way to no, to to pay back uh, what the Soccer Hall of Fame did for, for my life, for my career. It's just, you know, such a terrific and tremendous uh, honor that I was bestowed upon, that bestowed upon me that is just... Uh, unforgettable and i think about it every day and not only the hall of fame can you find andres cantor's name but you can hear him and see him speed racer you were in in 2008 but you know you have made it when you're on a simpsons episode and you get to voice yourself choosing homer simpson the world cup has made its goal andres cantor you know that is incorrect usage. I have no control. This job has taken its toll. So uh, that that's that was a uh, that was a fun episode that everybody enjoys. But with your your famous goal call that everyone has associated with, you know, you know, with your your greatness here, yeah, I have to ask the question. U.S. announcers are boring compared to you when calling football or soccer, however you want to refer to it. Why haven't we learned from you that people would rather have this kind of passion and excitement and not be so vanilla? Well, first, thank you so much for what you think of, of my style and my, of my work. Um, you know, I think like in, in every profession, every, everyone has its own style. I don't know what it would be like for me calling baseball. Um, probably, uh, <laughs> I would like uh, to hear that. <laughs> yeah, but then on the other spectrum, you would say, get this clown off the air because, uh, you know, baseball has its own voice. So, you know, we have our own voice in Spanish. Uh, it even transcends into English because I, I give it another gear when I call games in, in English, which I'm doing now for uh, NBC Sports and, and Peacock with the Premier League. But, you know, I have to respect every style. Um, and 
I'm just grateful that, you know, people switch from whenever there are two broadcasters uh, broadcasting the same game. Believe me, nowadays, more than ever, you can tell who is watching because they reach out to you on social media right away. So I know that there is uh, many people that cross over to watch our Telemundo coverage of the same game because of our style. So that is um, something that I, 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 I know uh, I'm grateful for, and obviously the network is grateful for. And it's something that is going to keep on happening because, yeah, uh, I mean, to win the World Cup, it's seven games. To be in the World Cup, you have to wait four years and, and go through a grueling competition to get there. And just, you know, for me, I mean, the 90 minutes of a World Cup game, I don't get to do it until four years down the road. So it's like, hey, this is it. For me, it's uh, 64 Super Bowl, Super Bowls rolled into one month and just think about being at one Super Bowl. So I'm going to give it the same energy uh, and the, the, I'm going to increase the level of intensity of, of my vocal cords and, and my stamina on the broadcast because I'm there every four years, lucky enough to be there every four years. And that transcends into the screen and into the audience. Sportscasters uh, in, in general, when we talk about their time on networks, it used to be we would have the same people on for years on ABC Sports. You could see Jim McKay and all those those great sportscasters, but now they jump around all the time. But Telemundo has been your home. What do you want to say about this fabulous network? I want to first uh, express my my gratitude. Um, you know, I, I don't want to sound over humble, but in like you say, in these times that we live in, both from a professional level to you know, the things that are going on to be able to call Telemundo my second family is not a minor thing. I am so ever grateful for them to having trust me uh, for 22 years now. I moved to Telemundo in April of 2000 when they did not have the FIFA World Cup rights. So now I'm like, it's a match made in heaven that they they have the World Cup rights until 2026. So I'm, I'm ever grateful for, for Telemundo, for the network, to trust my voice, my instincts, my knowledge, and to make me their chief uh, soccer commentator. But also, I, uh, I'm never forgetful of, of the audience that has accepted me into their living rooms for so many years. Uh, you know, we just had the, the passing of the legend Vince Cawley. Um, uh, somebody that, you know, when I lived in Los Angeles, I listened to because even though I'm not particularly a baseball baseball fan, I am a media freak. And he was just the goat of the goats of the goats. Um, and uh, it's a familiar voice that nobody said, hey, wait a second. He's, he's been here 67 years. I would have wanted him to be the voice of the Dodgers for another 67. That's how good he was. Did you and get I'm to meet him? pretty sure... I did not. Unfortunately, I did not. Unfortunately, I did not. I did see him uh, from afar. Uh, I believe it was a function, but I did not get to meet him. Not Neither him nor Chick Hearn, who I also grew up listening to in LA. He was the Lakers fan for so many years, both in radio and television. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to the fact that the audience has accepted, accepted me because if the audience wouldn't have 
liked uh, Vince Scully's style or Chick Hearns, they, or Jim McKay's for that matter, uh, or the other greats that have been at one place for so long, uh, we would not have been. So I am so ever grateful to, to my audience. So you get an opportunity uh, to see Vince Scully. He comes back for just a moment just to say hi. What do you want to ask him or Chick Hearn? What would you like to ask those two legends? Uh, I'm, uh, I, I would probably have, you know, such a humble moment because um, I wouldn't expect them to know who I am. Um, and I would just uh, go up and would say, thank you. And I would say, you have been role models for what I do. Um, and you might know who I am or not, but uh, even though I speak and do my work in a different language, you have definitely shaped the way I approach uh, broadcast, both on radio and television. And, and thank you, thank you. You have been absolutely the greatest. So one last question then here on Sports Jam. You've left a legacy not only with your voice, but now your son's voice. Mm. Well, he's finding his own voice. He uh, is doing terrific. I mean, this is, I don't know if it's his parent or or somebody with experience in the broadcast uh, business, but he's doing such a great job at, at Paramount Plus with a Golasso show uh, around the Champions League and Europa League. So, and, and also in, in my radio company, Football de Primera, he's going to be one of the main play-by-play hosts. Um, so, yeah, definitely. It's, it was very nice to see him grow by himself, uh, very far detached from where I was because we never worked together other than in my radio company from time to time, from woke up to, to woke up. So now he's on his own and... Uh, Hopefully, um, we can have many cantors for many years in the broadcast business. We look forward to that. We look forward to Andres Cantor's call of the Telemundo Deportes coverage of the World Cup in 2022 in Qatar. It's been an honor to have you on the show. Thanks for making it so fun to be uh, involved with soccer and to watch you do your thing. You are a legend and you are a thrill to listen to. Thanks so much for being on Sports Jam. Thank you. Thank you so much, Doug. And, and just to let the, your audience know that I haven't think Telemundo has ever uh, put together such a comprehensive team of talent. I mean, I am so grateful for you telling me what you're telling me. But believe me, uh, next to me, there are going to be two World Cup champions, two World Cup referees, uh, every position covered uh, comprehensive in the sense that we will have two women coaches uh, with us. Uh, Amelia Valverde, Natalia Astraín. We will have every roster on the pitch of former World Cup players and coaches like Piojo Herrera, the former Mexican national team. So I'm going to be this little next to to them uh, as I should be because I'm here just to to call the games and have them uh, message and, and, and then explain the game to our uh, audience. So I, I thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, to everyone that is English uh, language dominant, know that Telemundo, Universo, and Peacock has a different option for you guys. And we get all excited like this and we go crazy for the games. But we treat it with 
uh, as much respect uh, as we can because it's our bread and butter and uh, we just look forward to the final countdown. I can't get the weeks to go by enough fast uh, enough. <laughs> the humble Hall of Famer, Andres Cantor. Thanks so much. Thank you. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can hear all my shows by going to wbgo.org slash sports jam or find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR listed podcast or wherever you hear podcasts. Special thanks going out to Telemundo Deportes as well as Joe Favorito and Jerry Milani for their help in setting up this interview. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.